Hey, happy Easter again to you. Let's get that. Uh, there we go. Christos Anesti. Y'all, y'all know what that means? It means Christ is. Oh, it says it right there. Yeah. Uh-huh. I forgot. You know, um, that's something we, we would say at the Greek picnic, the Greek Easter picnic. Uh, we would say that every time Christos Anesti, and, and uh, Sandy knows this. Where is she? Or she knows this. And, and you know, um, so we would go there occasionally, uh, not every year. Um, we weren't particularly religious when we were growing up, but we'd go to these picnics, and, and they'd say that. And they had this little uh, game. I call it a game. I don't know what they called it. They might have some deep significance, but you'd take these eggs, and they're all colored the same color, this sort of deep red, right? And then you take the egg, right, and you put, you put the egg in your hand like this, and the other guy comes with his egg and see cracks his, this, the end of his egg against your egg, you see. And if yours stays intact, you win. What do you win? I don't know. But you say, Christos Anesti, when you do that, that's the way we did it anyways. Is that the way you did it? Like, and then you eat the egg or something. You throw it. I don't know what you do with it. Yes. I forgot that part. Yeah, hard boiled. You know, the interesting thing is that uh, my mom wanted me to be a priest, but I don't like robes. So, um, but, but the really interesting thing is one of my brothers uh, decided he wanted to have Christos Anesti put on uh, her memorial. She's having a memorial. It's like a little bench, kind of like the bench they made for us. That's why it kind of blew us away so much. Uh, but it's a more of a stone bench. And, and, and so he came up with this idea. My brother did. Uh, Christos Anesti and Christ is risen. I said, well, put the English on there too so people would know what it says. It'll be on her bench. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. All right. We're going to start off. I got a short video from the Gospel of John I want to play for you. And there's something I want you to pay attention, close attention. There's something repeated three times in it. So look for that. And then we'll... Talk about that when we get there. How about that? We bring the lights down too, please. Whom they pierced. After this, Joseph, who was from the town of Arimathea, asked Pilate if he could take Jesus' body. Joseph was a follower of Jesus, but in secret because he was afraid of the Jewish authorities. Pilate told him he could have the body, so Joseph went and took it away. Nicodemus, who at first had gone to see Jesus at night, went with Joseph, taking with him about 100 pounds of spices, a mixture of myrrh and aloes. The two men took Jesus' body and wrapped it in linen cloths with the spices, according to the Jewish custom of preparing a body for burial. There was a garden in the place where Jesus had been put to death, and in it there was a new tomb where no one had ever been buried. Since it was the day before the Sabbath, and because the tomb was close by, they placed Jesus' body there. Early on Sunday morning, While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the entrance. 
she went running to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved. They have taken the Lord from the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. Then Peter and the other disciple went to the tomb. The two of them were running, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and saw the linen cloths, but he did not go in. Behind him came Simon Peter, and he went straight into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the cloth which had been around Jesus' head. It was not lying with the linen cloths, but was rolled up by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in. He saw and believed. They still did not understand the scripture which said that he must rise from death. Then the disciples went back home. Mary stood crying outside the tomb. While she was still crying, she bent over and looked in the tomb. And saw two angels there, dressed in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been. One at the head, the other at the feet. Woman, why are you crying? They asked her. They have taken my Lord away. And I do not know where they have put him. Then she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? She thought he was the gardener, so she said to him, If you took him away, sir, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary. She turned toward him and said in Hebrew, Rabboni. This means teacher. Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet gone back up to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to him who is my father and their father, my God and their God. So Mary Magdalene went and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and related to them what he had told her. It was late that Sunday evening and the disciples were gathered together behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities. Then Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you. After saying this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were filled with joy at seeing the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Then he breathed on them. 
receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive people's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Unless I see the scars of the nails in his hand and put my finger on those scars and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were together again indoors, and Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you. Put your finger here and look at my hands. Then reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop your doubting and believe. My Lord and my God. We could just watch the whole movie, I guess. That's pretty powerful. So, who can tell me the three things that were repeated? Somebody, did somebody notice three things, one thing repeated three times? No. I've, I've heard someone say it already, but I'm just waiting for someone to raise their hand. Patty. Peace be with you. That's it. Good job. Can we bring the lights up a little bit, please? Peace be with you. And that's what I want to talk about today because the risen Lord Jesus, that's what he says three times in this chapter. And when something is repeated three times, I think it's kind of important. Peace be with you. You know, there's not a lot of peace in the world. Have you noticed that? Let's all turn to John chapter 20, where they were repeating word for word, really, from the Gospel of John, that particular presentation. There's a not a lot of peace in the world. And some of us could also say, there's not a lot of peace in me. There's not a lot of peace in my life. But Jesus comes on the scene after he is resurrected from the dead. The risen Lord comes to them and three times he says to them, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. I want you to hear those words. I want you to, to know that. I looked at uh, different versions uh, to, to see if they all said the same thing. And pretty much most of them said, Peace be with you. Some said, Peace unto you or peace to you. But the, the majority of them said, Peace be with you. That Jesus said that to them three times. As I was thinking about it, though, I had to ask the question, like, why did he say that? Was it just a greeting that he brought to them? Because you, you could use that word peace, shalom, or, 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 or peace in a different language and, and use that as a greeting. Sometimes we do that, you know, peace. 
You'd have to be like from the 60s or 70s to know what that means. But I think it was more than that. I really do. Because when I looked and asked the questions about these three times here in this chapter, why did he say that? I see some things come out. It kind of come out of, out of this passage here. So let's look at verse 19 and 20 for the first time he says it. Verses 19 and 20 <clears throat> says this. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together... With the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed him, showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. You remember only a few of them had actually seen him, but, but now he's come and stand in their midst, standing in their midst. And I said, in this passage here, why... Why would he say those things to them? What was going on in their lives at that point in time? Any of you see anything there that was, that was going on in their lives? Fear. There was fear. Fear going on in their lives. Now, some of them had seen Jesus, like I said, but not all of them. And, and yet they, they had this fear. I think as well, it says at the end that they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. I think that there was also a sadness that was there in their lives too. And, and we talked on Good Friday about the sadness of death. It's a very sad thing and that Jesus had died. And so their Lord and their Savior, he had died. And that is a very sad thing when someone that you love passes away, isn't it? There was a sadness there and Jesus came and he said, peace be with you. The risen Lord comes into their midst and says, peace be with you. One other thing that, that uh, I think stands out, I'm sure there's many others that you could find here, but they were together. It says they were together as a group. They were together as a group, and the, and the risen Lord comes and says, peace be with you in this group of people. This gathering of, of those that were followers of this man, Jesus, this one they called Lord. I think the Lord wants to come and, and the risen Lord comes even to, into our gatherings. And that's why he said, you know, where two or more are, are, are gathered, there am I. That he would come and say, even here today, peace be with you. Peace be with you. There's no need for us to be arguing and fighting and, and, and going after each other. We, we need to come and, and, and have the peace of the Lord with us. I don't know if any of these strike you in your situation, in your life, what's going on in your life. Maybe, maybe you're facing fear in different ways. You're a believer even. And how could I possibly be fearful? Maybe you're sad. Maybe you, there's a need in your life, in your family, for the Lord to come and, and in the family group that you have to say, peace be with you. I believe he wants to say that. The risen Lord came to say those things to us. The second one here found in verse 21, it says, Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. There's, a, there's some things that were going on in that situation as well. In, in, in what we see in those verses, anybody see anything there? Anybody see anything? There's a few things that I saw. But I want to see if you saw the same things, or maybe I'm making them up. 
He's sending them out and telling them what he wants them to do. In other words, they had, some, they had a call upon their lives. They weren't just supposed to stay in this little gathered, cloistered group, but they had a calling to go out. And he was going to give them the power to do it, right? He said, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to send you out on your own to do it. And Jesus said, you know, wait in Jerusalem till you receive that power from on high to be my witnesses. But, but he said, peace be with you when you go out to do what you're going to do. Whatever it is that God has put in your life for you to do and, and how he wants you to serve, and I believe he has a calling on every one of our lives, but do you ever get fearful to do that? Sure. Are you ever unsure about it? He says, peace be with you to do what he's called you to do. This calling to going out, this being sent, this really this idea of serving, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. I just noticed this here in verse 23, though, too. Perhaps we could say, peace be with you, when there's a problem with forgiveness. That we're not really willing to forgive. and We don't have any peace. Well, you know what, I think, I, I really believe that some of the times we have no peace is because we are holding back forgiveness. We're not willing to let it go. And let God have it. But we want to hold it against that person. And rightly or wrongly, whatever they did against us, you know, uh, we've, we've all been hurt. We've all been sinned against. And, 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 but we do the same thing as well. So if we want to be forgiven, the Lord says we need to forgive others. Because when we don't forgive others, he says, it kind of binds up the forgiveness in my heart, in my life. There's like a, a, a river that's held back because I'm unwilling to forgive others and, and yet I need to be forgiven too. I'm not saying it's easy, but peace be with you as you forgive. Peace be with you. The last one there in verse 26, he says a week later, we saw this as disciples were in the house again. Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and he stood among them and he said, Peace be with you for the third time. Peace be with you. What, what are we seeing here in, in this uh, uh, situation here? What, what were they facing there? Doubt. That's the one that stands out the most. I think there was a stubbornness as well. We saw that. Thomas said, you know, unless I... See, unless I can touch, I'm not going to believe. And Jesus comes, the risen Lord comes and says, peace be with you. Whoa. But I'm full of doubt and I'm full of stubbornness. And you see the, did you see the look on his face when he saw Jesus? Like, uh, like, oh. He goes on to say, you know, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. But I also see here that it wasn't just the group of people, but it was the individuals. Well, uh, the Lord came and he, and he spoke to Thomas very clearly. He spoke to the group, yes, but he spoke clearly to Thomas and says, Peace be with you. Thomas, don't you see? Peace be with you. My peace be with you. So I think he's saying it to each one of us. I think he's saying it to you individually as well as, as this group. Yeah, there, there's a, a, a thing that, that happens, this fellowship that, that happens when we're together as a group, but, but there's something between you and God, you and Jesus, 
Very personal, very real. And though they were around to witness it, really, there was something going on right there between Jesus and Doubting Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas. Didn't it say he was also the twin? I think his twin was you and me. Right? Peace be with you. We read uh, on Good Friday about Jesus, really what he went through. And and, uh, I don't know if you recall, but there's a a verse that we read. It says that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we're healed. You see, he gave us, he brought us that peace. How? How? through the cross and the resurrection. He wasn't just some guy showing up. He wasn't just some person, some good teacher, some prophet. He was a man that had had come down as God from heaven, taking the form of a servant, it says in Philippians chapter 2. He humbled himself, he, he emptied himself, took the form of a servant, and he was obedient unto death even the death of the cross, and he gave his life for you and for me. But not only that, he was buried and he, and he rose from the dead. And that risen Lord came and he said to them, and he says to you and to me, peace be with you. I think if I say that enough times, you're going to know what the message is about, right? Peace be with you. And you're going to go away tonight, and maybe it is when you're you know, by yourself and, and, you're, and you're trying to go to sleep and you can't sleep. And maybe that Jesus would come and he would say, peace be with you, because you'd remember the words that he said to them. You see, the word of God is living. It's active. It's powerful. And God's word speaks. And, and the Holy Spirit brings back the words that he speaks, that we read in his word, or that we study, that we hear. And, he, and it come, he, brings us, he brings it back to us when we most need it. That's what I have found. Peace be with you. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 5. Uh, Alex talked about these a few weeks back, and, and uh, he, he brought up some of this. He went into uh, more detail here. But Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, <clears throat> says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, being justified through faith. There's something that takes place, and Alex talked about justification. This, this, this thing that happens as we trust in Jesus Christ, that it, the, it's a, like a legal term. And someone said this, Imagine God the judge sitting on his throne declaring to the believer, In light of what Jesus has done on your behalf, you are now righteous. Things are now right between you and me, court dismissed. You see, there's a peace been made and it's, it's not been made by us. Because if anything, all we ever do is added to the problem. All we ever do is made it more difficult, but, but Jesus came in, and as we trust in him, the, this peace with God that, that is given to us, we have peace with God. See, it's got to start there. You know, we have a lot of times where we don't have peace with each other. We don't even have peace with ourselves 
most of the time. Do you? But when we have peace with God, you see, that's where it begins. That's where it starts. And then he says, my peace I give to you. Peace be with you. Jesus. Let me just point out one thing there back in the verse just before that. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. He was delivered over to death for our sins. And he was raised to life for our justification. He was raised to life. The resurrection came for our justification so that we could have peace with God, you see. That's why we're talking about this on Easter because it's all tied together, isn't it? It's all part of what God has done in our lives. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says this, that, that Jesus himself is our peace. Jesus himself is our peace. He's my peace. He's your peace. And so when he came into that, to that room and he stood there, he came and he didn't, he didn't have to unlock the door. He just came right through. That's miraculous in and of itself. But, but the peace that he brought in, he says, you know, he, he brought this peace into their lives, into their hearts. Why? Because he himself was there. And knowing Jesus and having Jesus in my life and having received him into my life, that's where the peace comes from. It doesn't come from me doing a bunch of stuff. It doesn't come from me making it happen. I can't make it happen. You know, you could probably find a book, you know, uh, the, the 12 easy steps or the five easy steps to have peace in your life. Let's, you know, we could write a book, let's make a lot of money, and if you just follow these five easy steps... You're going to have peace in your life. Not going to happen. Sorry. It's one step to peace, and his name is Jesus. He says he himself is our peace. He himself, when we receive him into our lives, that's where peace comes from. It doesn't mean that everything in the world around us gets perfect, gets fixed, gets right. It doesn't mean that at all. It means we have peace in our hearts that comes from him. He himself is our peace. This world is not getting any better. Did anyone notice that? Newsflash. Uh, in fact, it probably hasn't gotten any worse. Maybe it has, but the fact of the matter is we have so many ways that we can find out how bad it is now. You can Google news, right? And it's just hor it's horrifying. But we keep going back and looking at it. i got to read the Google news. Why? Because i got to know how bad it is, and, and it can take away any peace that I might have. And I'm probably going to go read it again. But the fact of the matter is, is the peace comes from Jesus, that he's the one who puts the peace inside of me, because he himself is my peace. It also says this in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, he came and preached peace to you who are far away, and peace to those who were near. Now, Technically, I believe he's talking about the Jews who were, you know, the chosen people and then the Gentiles who were further away. But the fact of the matter is, is that many of us, we're so far away from him. And others of us, we're, you know, we might be a little closer. We've given our lives to him and that, but, but there's still a fact that we need peace. And maybe it is that you say, man, I am so far away from God right now. I don't even know. I don't even know how to get there at all. Well, you know what? He's come to you. 
You don't have to figure out, you know, walk up these steps on your knees like 150 steps on your knees. Have you heard of things like that? There are places like that. You go. I'm going to do this pilgrimage, and if I go on my knees all these steps, I'm going to find out what peace is all about. No, he says, I, he came to them, right? He came from heaven to us. He came, he came to you. He comes to you. He says, the Bible says it's right there. The word is right there. It's, 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 it's so close. And all you have to do is call out to him. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. You see, we're all in the same boat in the end. We're all sinners and we're all lost. And we're all adrift on this sea of craziness and insanity. And he, he comes and he says, peace be with you. I want to turn back to, to the Gospel of John and we'll, we'll finish our thoughts about this today. In John chapter 14, first of all, before he ever got to that place of resurrection and, and uh, the cross, Jesus said some miraculous, incredible things. You know, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. John chapter 14, verse 1. Trust in God. Trust also in me. But look at verse 27, John chapter 14. He said this, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He says, my peace I give to you. I'm, I'm thankful he doesn't give to us as the world gives because the world's not given us a lot of peace to, to think about. You know, I think sometimes they think they do. Well, if we just unite in this kind of a strange sort of way, all the world, all, you know, all you need is love. And, you know, these musicians that I grew up with, you know, that's all they thought about is that they were going to bring some kind of peace to the earth with their, you know, music. And did it happen? No, and they're all like in their 70s now, still going around making money, singing their songs and, you know. But did that money bring them peace? Did those songs bring them peace? Jesus said, my peace, I give you. But he says it again, look in John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 33. He's been telling them a lot of things, of course. Some of them were not so good, the things that were going to happen. Things that would bring grief, trouble, problems. Look at verse uh, 32. He says, A time is coming and has come when you will be scattered each to his own home. You will leave me all alone. Speaking of what would happen at the cross. He says, Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. But he said, I have, Despite all that, he says, I've told you these things so that in me 
you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. And the, world, the word means a tribulation, and it, it literally means pressure. Pressure, pushing down. In the world, you will have that. But he said, take heart. I have overcome the world. Where's the peace going to come from? It comes from the victory that he gave. I have overcome the world. He, he came and he fought the, the battle of sin, the battle of death, and he, he won. He, he's victorious. And that's where you and I are going to find the peace. That's where you and I have to go to find peace. There was this sign in front of a church. If life, if life is a puzzle, look here for the missing peace. Well, it's not found in the church itself, but it's found where? In Jesus. Because he's called what? The Prince of Peace. Our trouble is we want the peace without the Prince. Not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. We go find all kinds of things that we think are going to give us peace. We self-medicate, right? That's a good term, right? Alcohol, (laughs) drugs, prescription, or otherwise. If I just get a good thing happening, I'm going to get so much peace. And then what happens? It doesn't last. You just doesn't do it. It's, it's not true. It's not the real peace. And again, does that mean that everything in my life is all going to get all peaceful? No, not necessarily. Until we get to the place that he's prepared for us. Until we get home. That's where the real peace is going to be home. We were home in heaven. Jesus said, and I'll repeat those words, stop doubting and believe to Thomas. Peace be with you, and it comes through Jesus. Whatever fear we have, whatever sadness, the fact that he wants us to serve, maybe our doubts, maybe our stubbornness, maybe our own individual attitudes, peace be with you, he says. He knows all about that. He knew what was going on in their lives before he walked into that room, right? He knows what's going on in your life, and he still says, peace be with you and with me. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you this day as we celebrate that risen Lord. And that he came to those those, uh, disciples, he came to those people, those ones that were locked in the room there for fear. Those that had doubts, those that were sad, those that were hurting, those that were unsure of of how they were ever going to go on. And yet you came and you said, peace be with you. Lord, I believe you want to say that to us today. I, I, I know you want to say it to me. So I look to you, I look to that cross, I look to the empty tomb and I look to the Savior Jesus for Lord Jesus you are our peace you are our peace help us Lord in all those things that we face in this life Lord I believe that you want to speak and you are speaking to individuals here and, and we will maybe never know what's, what's going on in someone's life and in the lives that are represented here, Lord, but you know, you know every single person, you know each of us completely, totally, and you know what's going on. 
And perhaps the Lord is saying to you today, peace be with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. Don't be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I want to give you my peace, he says. Lord, we look to you. We look to the cross. We, we know and we acknowledge that there's no other place to find it. It just isn't. Father, I pray also this morning for any that have never, ever received that peace, that forgiveness from Jesus Christ. Maybe today, this Easter Sunday, 2015, is a, a time for you to say, Lord, I, I come. I come, Jesus. I, I come to the cross and to that empty tomb, and I, I say, I'm, I'm lost. I'm a sinner, and I'm lost, and I need you in my life. So please, please come into my life. Please bring that peace that passes understanding into my life. Today, I pray. Lord, I close with a prayer for this fellowship that, that you would continue the peace. I, I sent your peace here so, it's just so beautiful, so awesome. And Lord, you've given it to us. Even through stormy times, your peace has remained. I pray you would continue that, Lord, that you would let your peace rule and reign in our fellowship in the, and in each one of our hearts, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?